Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review a disappointing first leg Champions League quarterfinal defeat to Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. We'll check our thermometers for this week's below par performances. We're going to talk Chelsea's social media in our anti-social section. And we look ahead to the visit of Brighton to the bridge on Saturday afternoon. I'm Chris, and today I'm joined by my brother Craig, but we are without our good friend Brady. How are you doing, Craig? Are you you missing your com- companion? <laughs> Very much so, yeah. No, obviously it would have been good to hear Brady's thoughts on uh, on everything that's going on. The, f- the fourth game in a row without scoring a goal. Um, so yeah, exciting stuff. He's he's not just too disappointed about the Real Madrid result. He's been caught up at work, so we'll uh, we'll have to get him on for the next one for his Real Madrid thoughts. Um, let's start with Real Madrid Chelsea. It was a, a game that maybe uh, was it could have gone either way. Maybe I guess before kickoff there was sort of a bit of optimism about how we could approach it, and then the game started and we had a really good chance in the first sort of what two minutes where Felix was through and goodness we was we were, we were kind of thinking hang on a minute might do something here and then as the game panned out it got slightly worse and we fell to a 2-0 defeat and we actually had 10 men at the end of the game as Ben Chilwell was was sent off um how did how did you see it go down yeah I mean I even though we did break away early in the game I thought that that Real Madrid sort of settled into their structure pretty early and we settled into ours and it's sort of was the, a demonstration of what the game was literally going to be like for the next 90 minutes, which was them trying to add Carvey out to midfield and sort of just sit in our half and completely dominate us um, possession-wise and also um, territory-wise. And I was just sort of sat deep and looking to counter with Felix and Sterling basically on their own up top. And that's basically how the game panned out until we went down to 10 men and then it was even worse. It was just Havertz up top on his own. Um, so yeah, we we did have a couple of chances in the first ten minutes, the Felix breakaway, and then there was another Kante breakaway where he gave it to Felix and he crossed it to Sterling, and then we did have a Sterling chance after that as well, which he he didn't really make a good connection with. But really, these were just tiny moments. I thought Real Madrid in the first ten minutes were a bit naive with how high they kept Alaba, uh, sort of he was beyond the halfway line, and then sort of they just made a small adjustment with regards to their setup defending the two of of Sterling and, and Felix and it was pretty easy for them to deal with it after that the, the second half we didn't create anything at all um, obviously going down to 10 men doesn't help that but yeah I, I, I didn't enjoy the setup of the game I thought we could be a bit more competitive than that I, I do think Real Madrid I know obviously they've, they've got some great results especially in last season's knockout stages of the Champions League but the, you can definitely get at them I don't think they're you know an, a special or unbeatable team by any means uh, so yeah I was disappointed with with sort of how we how we set up and we'll talk a bit more about that I guess yeah I mean we conceded what seven shots on target in the first half which was I think a record or definitely a record for us um, of shots conceded on target and a half yeah. so it it didn't lend itself very well the first half to to how how we were set up there were loads of loads of spaces on the wings for um, Rodrigo and um, Vinicius Junior, who saw a lot of the ball, um, definitely their most dangerous player, along with Benzema, um, who's who's always who's always a problem. And yeah, we couldn't really, you know, we I thought we made some good 
good tackles in the game in, in midfield, but we could never really find that out ball. And it was, we struggled, we struggled, we struggled, and, and it just never got any better. And as the game went on and legs got a bit more tired and um, obviously going down to 10 men, it just it just felt like a, a game we were never really going to score in. Um, and it, I guess the second goal was really disheartening to, to concede as well, because obviously going down to 10 men, one nil down, you think, okay, well, let's 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 try damage control. Let's see if we can hold on to a one nil and, and getting back to the bridge where maybe we can be a bit more offensive with our our tactics and concede a goal from a set piece, um, a, a goal that probably should have been saved maybe as well is is really disappointing. And um, yeah, it was a it was a game that we were optimistic in, I think, but ultimately we the confidence levels are really low. Um, in the team uh, and we were kind of set up to be quite defensive and we didn't really defend that well either I thought people struggled at the back quite a lot I know it was Silva's first game back but Fafana and Koulibaly really um, couldn't really compete and the, with sort of Real Madrid's movement as well found it very difficult Well Fafana was uh, probably his worst game for us unfortunately that was a big test for him um, up against Vinicius Junior who's probably the best left winger in the world right now. Um, and Fafana's coming off the back of playing some really good games for us and some really promising games considering his age. And I think people were ready to anoint him a bit as uh, as a, an elite centre-half, uh, or at least an elite centre-half in the making. But I think, yeah, yesterday really exposed some of his mainly inexperience. I mean, getting booked inside five minutes when you know you're going to be one-on-one with Vinicius Junior the whole game is just, that is an error. And and just yeah, like I said, like lack of experience in a in a tie of this magnitude, you, you just can't do that. And then every moment after that, when Vinicius Junior is one on one with him, you can hold your breath because uh, he, he was doing some reckless things as well. There was one slide tackle in the mm. in the first half as well. He could he could easily if the if he connected got sent off as well. So yeah, just uh, really disappointed with with that with Wes because I think we. Not, not that this is obviously writing off anything for him going forward in the future. He's still a very promising player, but just shows you he's not quite there yet um, as well. And obviously harsh as well with him up against Vinicius Junior, who who looked incredible again. Well, yeah, these are this is this is what people talk about experience, right? It's about going into these games, understanding with the obviously it's it's away, it's the Bernabeu, big crowd, big moment, underdogs, and yeah, you've got to be able to cope with that and. Hopefully he gets more, well, <laughs> if he can get more experience, <laughs> might be a while now. Um, but yeah. yeah but he'll, he'll learn a lot from that game for sure. Uh, I, I think, yeah. you know, going forward, you, you think about, especially the early yellow card, I think you, you, you just got to let him run by you at that point. You, you cannot take a yellow card in, in the fourth minute of the game. What did you make of Ben Chilwell's red card? Obviously it was came sort of on the, on the hour mark about 60 minutes into the game, which didn't set us up very well at all for the last day. What was your sort of thoughts on that decision that he made at that point? It was Rodrigo well, kind of running through, wasn't it? And then he, he looked like he was going to be, well, he was basically one-on-one with the goalie and he, he pulled his pulled him back just outside the area. Um, yeah, I think? thought Kulabali obviously going off for Kukurea and Kukurea had just come on and he... Sort of made he was a bit too aggressive on Rodrigo and he nipped him behind him. It was a great ball over the top. 
Um, but I think when you're Chilwell coming across covering there, I mean, it's not really his fault that he's in behind. It's probably more Kukurea's fault. But I think you've got to think about where you are in the game. Obviously, these decisions are made in a split second. And uh, yeah, with half an hour left, I think you've just got to let him have the shot one on one. I think, you know, Kepa's got a chance of saving that. It's not guaranteed a goal. It's probably going to be, you know, a 0.5 XG chance, 0.4, something like that. So, you know, it's, it's only worth half a goal. Um, whereas you going down to, or team going down to 10 men with 30 minutes left, 30 plus minutes left in the Bernabeu is, is going to be worth way more than that. So, yeah. I think just a just an error in judgment. I saw he tweeted an apology and, and whatever. You accept that, and yeah, you, you know Ben's been incredible for us uh, in the last month or so. Probably one of our best players, if not our best player. So uh, it, it's just a, an error of judgment, and yeah, something I'm sure again you like to say these guys learn from it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he learns from it. Yeah, I guess that's that's for Lampard or whoever the next coach is in. Um, to to sort of thing on that sort of thing. Obviously, is that he's going to miss the next leg, and he's an important player for us. And even though we're two 0 down, you know, there's miracles are possible, and and losing a player like him just means that you know we're a bit more restrictive in what we can do at home. As well, well, yeah, with with Koulibaly being injured as well, because obviously he went off injured in the game with his, I think it was his quad, or, or I wasn't 100 percent sure on what, what was wrong with him. But I think his that sort of yeah. That kind of limits us to what we can do, and it's, it looks like it's going to have to be a back four um, next well, time out. Baddy Shields on the squad as well, yeah. Yeah, so we're we're slightly under. It's going to be probably James Silver, Fafana, and uh, Kukurea as a sort of back four, because yeah. there's no one really to play left wing back otherwise. So yeah, yeah, you could play, play Chalaba. Um, yeah, in, that's in, true. In actually, yeah. We'll see. Anyway, we're we're a week away from that game. What did you think of the general setup? Obviously, we spoke at length on the podcast last week about um, whether he was going to play three, whether he was going to play four. Obviously, Lampard played four, sort of the in the previous Premier League match against Wolves, which which wasn't great. And then he he's come back to the three. It was it was kind of five three two with Felix and and Sterling. Do you think that was the right thing to do? Do you think it could have made a different adjustment? Yeah, I mean, I think the formation, the three-five-two, was was not a mistake. I don't think it was more the execution of the tactics in the game that were a mistake. I thought that Felix and Sterling played way too narrow to start with. I thought, you know, the I would like to have seen us try and be a bit braver in possession. I thought we were quite um, passive in midfield in terms of just passing the ball to each other, based on where everyone was as well. Whereas you know, there was no build-up play in terms of trying to get the centre-backs involved. Silver under Tuchel was a huge part of our build-up play, was a focal point, ended up getting the ball a lot and sort of being free a lot in the game. I don't know if it was something Real Madrid did tactically or something like that, but Silver wasn't on the ball at all for us yesterday. You mm. see the passing map, it was all just straight to Enzo, very much bit bit direct. And then when it got to Enzo, it's kind of like, well, now Sterling and Felix are up against five players. There's nothing on there. So let's pass it to Kovacic and let's pass it to Kante and back to Enzo. And he'll look up and see if there's anything else available. And it's like, no, there's still two versus five. You know, it it, it was very, something was badly wrong tactically in the game. And uh, I think anyone could see that. But obviously, figuring out what to do and how to adjust and change that is a different matter. And, and Real Madrid got it wrong at the start of the game and obviously gave up two big chances. Um, and then they just made adjustments and, and corrected it and, and moved on and were able to be dominant in the game after that. So, 
it's all about making adjustments in game and if, you, if you're not able to do that then obviously as well you've got to say Lampard hasn't had much time um, to to implement things you know you can't just switch to a different formation that you've trained on because you've probably only trained one formation for this game um, and one set of taxes and if it doesn't work you're kind of bad luck and yeah that was kind of how I viewed it yesterday we didn't really work and yeah not, nothing we could really switch to yeah I thought the Obviously, he tried to match them up in midfield with Kante, Enzo, and Kovacic, yeah. and I agree. I think at time, I, I mean, a lot of the times during the game, I sort of you're watching it and you're thinking Enzo and Kovacic are kind of almost standing next to each other or standing on top of each other, and I think there could have been a better outlet. I was, you know, I mentioned about um, playing Mudrick. I think he would have been a great outlet for us for, with his pace. I think it's something that no one really has. I yeah. would have matched up against Vinicius quite well. Um, maybe Pulisic could have been a different option as well. I thought Mount did really, really well when he came on. Thought he yeah. he energized us. He, you know, with ten men, thought we we looked like we could. Not that we were ever going to score, but we were able to get up the pitch a little bit more and a bit more pressing. So hopefully he can inject that into our game a bit uh, in the next sort of you know nine ten games that we've got yeah. left as well because we need people think- like that. It it was the, obviously a good idea, to, I think, to play Enzo Kante and, and Kovacic and really try and boss their midfield, which is, you know, age and and stamina. You probably don't quite have it. But obviously they just dropped Valverde into midfield and pushed Carvel really high up on the left side to, to take it um, to a while away. And yeah, we we couldn't counter that. That, mod, that midfield of Modric, Cruz, and especially Valverde for them slipping into midfield, who's usually, I think, more of a right-sided player. Um, really worked well for them and we, we just couldn't counter that at all. Yeah, it was a good idea because if, if you take Chill out of the game and he's pushing up, like, Felix isn't really going to do much on his own when he's surrounded by two or three players. So, Well, no one, you can't expect anyone really to do much when they're surrounded yeah. by two or three players. It's just, especially two or three players that are Militao, Alaba, Camavinga, you know, these sort of players, you know, they're not just, you can't just dribble it around them. Then they're, they're not, you know. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's it's a mountain. Um, it's a mountain to climb for us in the second leg. Um, we'll we'll talk about that, I guess, um, on the next pod after we've we've played Brighton. But um, yeah, it's not ideal. Um, but you know, there's always a chance in these miracles are possible. Absolutely, and we're That's here. To... Said, I think he said something about you know he's seen special nights at the bridge before. So look forward to it. Can't wait. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully there's hopefully we score we haven't scored in four games which is the worst since 1993 93 goodness it's uh, not a record not a record we want to continue breaking unfortunately it's tough a lot of shots though um, some XG so definitely some pressure on the players to deliver as well Let's talk temperatures. Uh, it's the part of our our pod where we we look at the current players' forms, behaviours, maybe some other bits and pieces, and we sort of try and give our give our temperatures on how well we think people are doing. And I guess at the moment it is very tricky to to give anyone any sort of positive temperatures. Well, we got rid of boiling hot last week, and I think we, we, it's just a temporary hiatus. Boiling hot. There is no boiling hot players in our team, so. We're boiling hot's off the menu. We'll just do a little freezer section and then maybe we can talk about a couple of players that 
we can say maybe a, a tepid, but yeah, I think we'll dig into the freezer, deep into the freezer. Hey, we are getting deep into the freezer here. We're, we're finding stuff from well before 993 <laughs> um, in the back of the freezer. What's What have you got for us? You can go first. In the freezer for me is Mateo Kovacic. I thought he had a really, really bad game yesterday. And yeah. as as captain of the team and also, you know, one of our best players and, and a player that can be really brave in possession, um, I thought he was disappointing. I th- he could have really been a key player for us yesterday if he'd, he'd been a bit more uh, uh, braver and taken people on. And uh, he did slip over a lot yesterday as well, which is so frustrating to watch. You know, you lost the ball a few times. I do understand that, it was a tough game for the midfielders because there's an, when you look up, you get the ball and you look up and you want to go forward. There's nothing. It's it's Sterling and Felix behind, standing next to you know good defenders, and you know, the structure of the team obviously doesn't help how he looked because he had a lot of giveaways yesterday, which is not his what he does in games at all. Um, but yeah, he does have to take some responsibility as well himself. I, I do think you know you look at uh, what. Gareth Southgate said in one of his uh, the podcasts he did, I think it was High Performance, and he was talking about situations like this where you think, oh, players having a really bad game, and, and quite often it's just a tactical issue in the game that needs resolving. And, and yesterday was a classic example of this where I thought the, a lot of the midfielders you looked at and you're thinking, oh, they're being so negative or what are they doing on the ball, they're being passive. It's like, I think if you'd looked at their, if we could VR our way into their eye line from when they received the ball, it's nothing on, you know. <laughs> I think we could probably see that if we saw the full pitch view as well. Is you know they're so isolated with with the players not moving forward. We we sat so deep yesterday um, in the game, and that attack played sort of so high, looking to counter that the midfield three are asked to cover about fifty yards. That pitch is massive at the Bernabeu as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's a bit harsh sticking Cover in the freezer, but also you know. He's definitely had a very poor performance. So um, there's a few candidates, though, that could have gone in there. Yeah, I'm surprised that he was quite over reliant on the midfield yesterday, um, which is which is fine, obviously, um, for where we were playing. But he he also didn't change any of the midfield. I think Kante came off towards the end, but he probably would have come off anyway, just to, because he's you know hasn't played that much. Essentially, he came off for Gallagher. But I'm surprised that Kovacic lasted 90 minutes. I thought he might think. We could have done with something, you know, some fresh legs in there. Maybe with the red card, it's a bit of a different story, and maybe that changed the the plans. But definitely a, an area where we could have re-energized. But yeah, he was he was disappointing for sure, Kovacic, and he's played. He hasn't been that good recently. Generally, I think it's probably right to put him in the freezer. Uh, he was. Been, I mean, the the chances that he missed against Villa were were really disappointing for a player of his quality as well. Um, so. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a weird period for him, but hopefully he can uh, turn it around on uh, Saturday. Yeah, if he's playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean he probably is due a rest, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. Um, tepid. Oh, <laughs> I'll go Enzo as, as tepid. He was the only one yesterday. I thought that well. Look, I think we were very reliant on him. I think the, the the strategy of the game, if you look at our passing map as well, everything everyone's just firing the ball into him. The, the strategy of the game was basically give him the ball and try and get him to use his vision and, and get these guys 
in over the top. And as soon as Real figured that out, you know, he was he was out of luck. I thought he he did spray some nice passes out to Reese. Um, I thought he 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 isn't he is a player that's always looking to to be creative, and I do like that about him. He's always looking forward. He's always looking to be creative. So, yeah, we'll we'll give him the the tepid. Is in everyone else basically is in the freezer, and he's sort of warm. So it's a good tepid. Yeah, I thought he was he was okay, and uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's a difficult game, but. He he received the ball well and he, he tried to find the right pass. I, I do like his range of passing. You know, Madrid offered such good pass passing ranges yesterday. Loads of switches of play, which was obviously important for their tactics to get it out to their wide players, their wingers. Um, but they're they're so accurate. And and to be fair yeah. to Enzo, he's in that kind of in that bracket. He wouldn't look out of place in that Madrid team. No, that that passing that passing from them was yesterday was 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 outrageous sort of one touch passing as well for the short passing and then yeah lots of switches out to Vinicius where he ends up one on one just very accurate passing uh, and yeah it's very very hard to play against obviously they're they're an elite team for a reason they they've got a good uh, they've got a good setup who else you got you got anyone else or is that you that's that's it done I, I don't think we need to talk about this game much <laughs> much longer <laughs> um for the freezer for me um I'll have to I'll have to put in Old Kepa. Um, I thought he had a, a a game to forget again. I thought the second goal was really damning of sort of kicking us when we're down, really. Um, especially because, you know, as good as Real Madrid were, they didn't really, you know, they weren't creating loads of chances in the last 30 minutes. Like, they weren't going for it. You know, Kepa wasn't absolutely under it. I mean, they, they their, their goal was what, like a left-footed shot from like what 19 yards and he got he was basically got two hands on it he was there and it still went in Kepper as well f- five of 17 long balls completed so another 29 percent for him like just so poor so so poor yeah i think you i look in that team yesterday like new keeper new striker in the summer and I think we got a better chance in that game, like a much, much better chance. But yeah, he was really no, disappointed. Obviously, the, the setup of the team, I, you know, I would like to see us come out and try and try and pass the ball and, and try and build a build attacks, moving the defense up with the midfield and the attack instead of having the the sort of counter attack attitude of yesterday. Um, and yeah, that will come with a good manager. Obviously, fair fair play to Frank. You know, he tried to set up and tried to sort of semi-part the bus and hope to get them on the counter. And, and to be honest, you know, obviously with a bit more luck and better finishing, it could have worked out. But it's not really what we're looking for in terms of uh, the team going forward, is it? No, no, we don't want to be playing like that. I thought we could have had a bit of a crack at them, but it was I a bit of a... So, yeah. yeah, it was a bit of a defensive showing in the end and we didn't defend that well, so... Well, the, the nice thing is that in the second leg now, we've got absolutely nothing to lose. So hopefully yeah. we'll be... You know, we'll see us go for it. And look, they'll get chances in the game, Real Madrid, if we if we play higher and 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 set up like that. Especially Vinicius Junior down that left. But look, they might miss them. They might not take every chance. Last year at Stamford Bridge, they they scored every chance basically they had in the game. Benzema with some some world class finishing. Um, they don't have to do that every game. So you know, we I would like to see us give have a better go at them um, on a smaller pitch and, and see what happens. I'll have um, tepid. I was going to put Mason Mount. I actually thought this is a bit of a dodgy one, maybe, but I thought Kukurea played quite well for the 36 minutes he was on the pitch. He was quite influential in 
making he actually made some really good tackles. Um, I thought he he was in the right position a lot, apart from the very beginning when he was on. I'll give him I'll let him off that, but he was quite aggressive and he, he got us up the pitch. And he his his crossing isn't great, unfortunately, but he was in some good areas towards the end. And maybe on a better day, we could again could have found could have found one of our players, and and you never know we could have scored. But yeah, I thought he was he was okay actually. I thought he he did well when he came on, and we we looked. We didn't look that bad, but we didn't look that good. Um, and he was maybe a testament to that because he got in some good areas, but he never really delivered. But yeah, I thought he was okay. Um, I, I thought he, he came on and, and obviously he, 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 apart from the goal or the sending off, sorry, he, he, had, he played really well in the game. Um, but obviously that, that is a big moment to get wrong. And he is, you know, very aggressive, Kukurea, when he comes out and presses those players for those... Um, short passes and that's something they obviously talked about because Kukurea could have started the game and yeah Rodrigo faked to go back and receive the ball short and Kukurea came out and then he spun round and went in behind and that's something obviously they they practiced and thought about and yeah ended up getting as a red card so again just great tactics from from Real Madrid and Ancelotti who we know is a, a top coach so yeah very good coach All right, let's talk antisocial. Let's. Uh, we've got a couple of. Well, we've got a couple of um, tweets. I uh, wanted to just sort of have some thoughts on. I've got one here from Nino, twelve X. Not sure who that is, but um, he says if Haaland joined Chelsea in the summer, he'd never score forty plus goals, and people would think he's a bum. <laughs> You all need to chill on Felix. We've seen glimpses already. Once a good coach walks in that door and we're settled, you'll see the best of him for sure. What do you make of... Obviously, it's not really about Haaland. Um, it's more around Felix and how he's sort of being perceived at the moment. What, what do you make of that? Do we need to chill on Felix? Uh, is, is glimpses enough? I think that this tweet, obviously talking about... We'll talk about the first bit where... You know, Haaland wouldn't score 40 plus goals in this team. I 100% agree with that. I mean, the way we're set up is is not congruent to a striker ever scoring 40 plus goals. We just don't dominate the game enough, don't have enough possession, you know, um, in games. Um, this is talking in the season, the bulk. So this would be talking under Potter. Um, so I think when we signed Lukaku after we won the Champions League, the idea was that we would sort of just add a striker to what is an already incredible setup where we're dominant in games and he'd be able to score a lot of goals from that. Obviously, for a lot of reasons, that didn't end up working out. I think if we'd stuck in Haaland into that Tuchel 3-4-3, would have gone better. But probably, again, you're looking for the player probably to do a little bit more than than what these number pure number nines are offering. It doesn't really fit their profile as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think really... Well, no one would come in and score. Obviously, if Haaland can't, then no one can because he's probably the best right now. But um, I, I do agree that people can't really judge Felix on... Like, if you're looking at last night's game and you're being critical of Felix and Sterling, I just think that you just don't have a clue about watching football. You know, you just... You can't look at that game and, and think that, you know, these guys keep losing the ball because they're not very good players 
they, they keep losing the ball because of the setup of the game. They're being asked to do something that is not possible to be looking really good at. You might be able to get the odd breakaway and, and things like that. But in terms of keeping possession under pressure against a really good team, you know, you can't expect them to constantly be keeping the ball. Felix tried a lot of things yesterday, which I didn't mind. He tried to beat players, you know, nutmeg players, go past them, quick turns. You know, not all of it came off. He lost the ball a lot and, and that's fine. You know, that he was being asked to do that because in order for us to attack efficiently, we needed to beat him to beat a player or two so that we'd have, you know, numbers to actually attack. So, yeah, I, I do agree that you can't really judge him on this performance. And once a good coach walks in, you will see a better player for sure. Whether that's enough to spend 80 million on is another question. But yeah, I, I do agree that... Uh, yeah, you'll you'll see a better player once the team looks better and has a better attacking structure. Nice. Yeah. Um, the 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 other tweet is from Alex Goldberg, and he says the Jal Felix appeal surely is still based on what he can be, not what he is, because he just ain't it yet. Fun footwork, but it's never been a very productive player. Eighty million question mark. Use it on someone who can actually score. What do you think, Chris? I think, well, it kind of leans back into sort of your point really around has he been given the right conditions to to be successful? I'm not sure he has been. Um, he's young. I think everyone needs to remember he's he's 23, I think. So a lot of lot of lot of years to come from him. He's still sort of learning in that sense. Um, in terms of sort of spending on someone who can actually score, we've we've tried that. <laughs> many times and it hasn't quite worked out so um look he can do things on the pitch that no one else really can um which which is impressive and and shouldn't be taken for granted we've seen him in tight areas produce things um when we have been on top in games um obviously the end product hasn't been there but he's he's not doing as he's doing as well or as badly as everyone else so if everyone else is scoring and he wasn't then i think i would be a little bit worried but if everyone's not scoring and we haven't scored at all in four games, for example, then I don't think you can point the finger too much at sort of individuals. There's, there must be a collective issue around how the team's playing, um, how we're set up tactically to, to understand where we're really going wrong. Um, but I think he looks like a good, good player. 80 million, it's a, it's a big number. I don't know if that will be the actual fee. Um, but I, I think people need to... I prefer the first tweet. I think that's more I am. I think we're, we need to wait and see with him whether we can afford to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I but think I, these, I, yeah. These, these tweets are saying, even though they're saying different things, they are essentially saying the same thing, which is, you know, can you really evaluate Felix on what he is doing on the pitch right now for Chelsea, whether it's him as a player or whether the issues are tactical? You know, you, you have to make an evaluation based on the fact that you're probably not seeing the best of him in this situation and in terms of like prioritizing 80 million use it on someone who can actually score well i would agree with that in terms of you know if, if we're going to only buy one 80 million pound player i would not be using it on Jal felix i'd be using the money on you know victor osserman or another striker that could come in potentially and, and be more important at that end of the pitch that's a bigger need for us um than is adding a player like felix especially with someone that like in kunku coming in um, to our team as well. I think we're sort of overloaded with that profile of player and don't quite have the other profiles of player. Um, a true six would be another one that I would say, you know, 
a proper DM, a proper holding player um, that could come in and also goalkeeper. You know, those are priorities for the squad. I, I do think Felix is a bit of a luxury purchase. And, you know, if it's sort of like if, if we can add him, then sure. But I wouldn't prioritise that. Yeah, maybe it depends on who, who gets sold as well and how much money we can raise. I do think Felix would look absolutely quality in a team like City, though. Where you would oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. I mean, he yeah. looks really good in our team. To be fair, and we're not playing that well. Yeah, I think he he's very very good to watch. Um, yeah, you can see the the flashes of it as well, even in yeah. Arsenal. I think there'll be enough. Like if we were dominating the game, I think there's enough. There would be enough moments in it for him to make a real difference for sure. Agreed. All right, well, let's see if he can make a difference on Saturday, if he's selected, uh, as we host Brighton Hove Albion. Um, we we last met Brighton uh, not too long ago, and uh, they they gave us a good walloping. 4-1 it finished. Um, the Amex. But we've got them at the bridge, and we've played Brighton in the last um, five seasons five seasons previous to this and they haven't beaten us so we've actually drawn the last two but we've beaten them the last three before that um so positive signs although i I say this every time (laughs) and um where teams haven't played like beaten us for a a while and they they turn up and and do us over um one of the things you you could say is brighton are very very strong and they're a team in the top nine and chelsea haven't beaten anyone in the top nine home or away this season, which doesn't lend itself very well to our record. So it's going to be a very tricky game. Brighton might not be as up for it as they were previously. Obviously, the Graham Potter factors sort of probably died off a bit, which felt like quite a <laughs> quite a sort of a, a sort of galvanised them, a bit of a catalyst for them to to, to really kind of um, go at us in the in the away game. But the home game, I think, might be slightly different. How do you think it's going to going to go on Saturday? Well, the bookmakers seem to think that it could go either way. Chelsea are not favourites for this game, uh, unbelievably. Home to Brighton is a game that we are pick'em. So basically, you know, both teams are 2.6 and, and, you know, they don't know who's going to win, which is just crazy to think, you know, (laughs) a year and a bit after becoming champions of the world and, you know, being under Tuchel and looking like such a good side that we're just at home to Brighton, not as favourites in a Premier League match. I mean, it's really, really ridiculous to see what, what's happened to this team. Um, but yeah, that it, it, we are where we are. And yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't think, I'm sure you feel the same. I don't feel confident that we're going to turn up and beat Brighton. On, <laughs> on uh, Well, Brighton, Brighton have scored in almost every away game this season. So all the away games apart from one, which was away at Brentford. So, Stopping them from scoring is going to be tricky, and we can't score, which usually. <laughs> well, they're they're, they're desperate for a win as well. Obviously, they got absolutely screwed over by the <laughs> PGMOL in the uh, in the game last week. The referees really uh, really stitched them up. Uh, they probably scored two additional goals to what they they actually got awarded in that game. Um, and yeah, they, they're desperate for a win. They're in seventh with, with 46 points, played two games less than Spurs in fifth, who are 53. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to play for. They can go one point behind Spurs with a better goal difference if they 
win both their games in hand. And yeah, I, th- I think they'll be well up for it. They- they'll be well rested after a week uh, where we've we've obviously had to travel to Spain and, and play um, a tough game on a massive pitch at the Bernabeu with the last half an hour being with 10 men. So yeah, <laughs> it just it always, even if this game was coming when we were in a better moment, I think that this was a really tough game. Um, so the fact that we're going into this game in the situation that we're in, yeah, I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel good at all. I'd, I'd hate, I'd hate to predict a loss in this game, but I really, I can't, I can't see us winning. I think it's it's that difficult one, isn't it, where you can't really see us scoring. I mean, they've they've scored what forty eight goals um, this season. Brighton. I mean, they've got some really good players in. Uh, uh, Mitoma, obviously they they lost um, Drossard, but Ferguson looks like a really good player. Seem Solly March having a good season, McAllister. Um, so you know it's going to be really tricky to to stop them from creating some good chances in the match. And they're and, a team as well that just knows exactly what they're doing on the pitch, right? Deserby's got them playing in a way that they're on autopilot on the pitch. They're doing everything at 100 miles an hour. So. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be really really tricky. I'm interested to see how Frank sets us up. I just the the matchup, the tactical matchup is uh, yeah should be an interesting one on Saturday. Do you think so? Kind of just talk about the team a little bit. Um, probably some rotation is needed. Obviously, we've got Madrid again on Tuesday night, which would suggest you wouldn't want to play a lot of the people who might be featuring for a lot of that game. So, I'm thinking Mendy might get a chance in goal. Yeah. Um, to start with, I think that could actually be probably. In, I think they might bring him in in on the chance that they might actually start him on Tuesday. To be honest with you, um, I never. I don't think Frank's a big fan of Kepa generally. Um, in terms of defence, obviously we should see Badia Shield return. Chilwell will obviously play because he won't feature on Tuesday after being sent off. Um, Reece James rested, maybe Aspilicueta. Yeah, that's. I was just going to say Aspilicueta. I think <laughs> we might see the return of Cesar Aspilicueta. Um, yeah, there's no no Koulibaly, so I guess maybe Silver and Fafana will get some minutes together, and maybe we'll go four at the back again. Uh, it's possible. I think probably Chalaba will play. Um, oh yeah, Chalaba. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, or maybe he'll go. He could play Aspi, Chalaba, and Badiashil as a back three. Yeah. Um, or push Aspi out far right, and then bring maybe Silver in, um, just to get him some minutes. And once he's come back from injury, could be RLC RWB. It'd be actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, midfield, I, I, I really hope to see the return of Zakaria because I feel like Kovacic ends ends only to rest too, um, and Kante will probably get some minutes. But could we see Zakaria maybe featuring as well? Midfield. That's why we're pretty desperate for for midfield options. I think Gallagher, you're probably forgetting as well. Um, oh could, yeah, good play in there as well. And, and Mount, Mount, Mount will almost certainly play. He'll almost certainly start Mount, I think, in this yeah. game, yeah. Um, and then we'll probably give him 60, 70 minutes and see how he is for Real on um, on Wednesday, but I think, uh, on Tuesday, sorry. But I think um, I think the idea would be to start Mason Mount on Tuesday against Real Madrid and, and give him some minutes on, on Saturday to, to get him ready. Obviously, it looks like Chukawamenka and Fafana, Datro Fafana, uh, probably not going to feature at all. Maybe even Madueke. I'd like to see Madrid, Aubameyang, Madueke, maybe it could be Pulisic, Ziyech. I mean, there's so many people um, in those spots. It's, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah, I mean, Madrid, I think, deserves deserves to play. So 
Yeah. Um, I think he probably the idea was to bring him on on uh, last night, uh, probably with 20 minutes to go, and obviously Chilwell's getting sent off sort of messed that up a bit. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd expect him to start. I'd like to see... I'd like to see an attack of Mudrick, Aubameyang, and Madueke. I'd just like to see it. Because I just yeah. don't... F- but I feel like he's just going to go for Pulisic. <laughs> he does love Pulisic. Uh, it's just... Yeah. I don't know, what that's, don't know what's going on. And Sterling could... Uh, you think Sterling might not, not, not start, actually. He, he probably... He's out of energy as well. Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. He's, I think he could be rested for, for Tuesday as well. I think if we're going to get a result on... Uh, on Tuesday, Mace, Sterling, um, Havertz, Felix, all these guys need to be sort of raring, raring to go. Let's, let's face it, for us as well, this game is, is of absolutely no importance whatsoever. So, No, and to be fair to, to Lampard, he sort of said look, it's still about, not that it doesn't really matter too much <laughs> anyway, but it's about assessing people as well. Um, I mean, that's still important for what will happen in the summer, I think, in terms of Obviously, his opinion is as valid as anyone's in terms of what he thinks, um, and that'll be input whether they they listen to it or not. It's not really um, doesn't really matter. But he he want to see all the players, um, and I think it's important that he get he rotates and, and gives everyone a good opportunity to play because ultimately we're going into we're thinking more about next season. Not that the game's completely dead on Tuesday, but it's very unlikely we'll we'll overturn a two deficit to Real Madrid. So I, I'd like to see people who are going to play. I mean, this is what we maybe should have done earlier in the season, but who are actually going to feature next season and giving them minutes and, and you know, getting getting Premier League minutes under their belt because we're going to need it. Next year's going to be huge. Yeah, I do feel a bit for Frank because he's in a situation where this game is irrelevant, so hard to motivate the players for it. He's going to have to rest players. You know, I don't know how this reflects on his, him as a manager, really. I mean, it's not really fair to assess him as a manager based on this game against Brighton on, on Saturday, but he will be assessed as a manager, as a result of it. So, yeah, I'm <laughs> starting to wonder whether taking this job was very good for Frank Lampard's uh, overall managerial career. Yeah, I think, look, motivation should come from the players. You would think, like, it's a game. It's a game to show what they can do, trying to fight for, hopefully they're fighting to, to start on Tuesday. Hopefully they're fighting for the, to start next season or to start games going forward. So everyone wants to play, you'd hope. And I guess he's got to motivate them in the best way he can. That's it's it's not an easy job, but it is his job. So best of luck to him. That's it. Let's uh, let's predict what we think will happen on Saturday. What are you going for? I'm going to go for two 0 Brighton. Two 0 I'm going to go. Uh, uh, <laughs> see, I was going to go two one Madrid <laughs> that game before, um, but I did say I didn't want to predict a loss, so I'll go. I'll go one one in this one. <laughs> Confidence is high at the bridge. <laughs> or or try and get a player sent off in the first five minutes and we beat him 3 0. What, what's happened to your overly positive 3 4 0 prediction? <laughs> it dep- I don't, it, it's because I don't know who's going to play. I think that's the issue. So I actually don't really know who's going to play. So it's hard to kind of ascertain sort of how the game's going to go, um, which I guess is why the bookies don't really know either. You don't know who's going to start. He could just play a fairly strong team. Um, he could sort of want to reward people and make them feel better about the game on Wednesday and getting playing together ready for Tuesday. So you don't really know what's going to happen. So tricky one, but that's that's why I don't really 
I don't know who's going to start. He could just play Lewis Hall. Who knows? Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, it's uh, a game we definitely look forward to, um, as always. So we've got no quiz today because uh, Brady's the quiz not master. in. He's bottled it. He's uh, he's bottled it for the big one, and uh, we'll we'll have to wait for him to come back next week. Apparently, he had a good one, but he would say that if he was <laughs> <laughs> if he wasn't going to be here, I guess. That's all we've got time for today. Regardless of the result, we'll be back next week. For more updates and all things the SCR, you can follow us on Twitter at EatSleepChelsea and Instagram at EatSleepChelseaRepeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>